Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, everybody. Are you looking for guidance and inspiration in your daily life? Do you want to understand the universal reality of human sin and how to find hope and encouragement in God's provision and salvation? Looking for a little bit of joy in God's presence, maybe? Do you long to grow closer to God, but sometimes you just don't know how? Well, let me tell you that applying Psalm 14 to your life can lead to these positive transformations. You're going to recognize those areas in your life where you may fall short and need to grow. This leads to personal growth and greater humility. Sign me up now. As you reflect on God's provision and salvation, you're going to develop a deeper sense of gratitude and appreciation for the many blessings in your life. And get this, your faith and trust in God will be stronger. You're also going to be a lot wiser knowing that God will guide you and provide for you even during difficult circumstances. Those are some of the truths and the principles that we can glean from Psalm 14. Well, this is Victoria, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. You know, I love Charles Spurgeon's overall take on this particular psalm. He says that it would be pure conjecture to try to figure out when David actually wrote this psalm. You know, I always try to figure out some sort of historical backdrop to when the psalm was written. Spurgeon goes on to mention how Paul wrote in Romans 3 that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. And to try to figure out an isolated historical event or time period would be kind of without reason because, quote, all history reeks with terrible evidence of human corruption, end quote. And believe it or not, Psalm 14 is basically repeated in Psalm 53, 1 through 6, as if to emphasize or underscore this truth. Nevertheless, as 21st century Christians, let's pull out five practical applications that you can draw from Psalm 14, including a story you don't want to miss later on in the episode. And listen, this is for you, the frazzled mama with toddlers underfoot, the weary gal sandwiched between caring for your parents and your children's children. It's for you pickleball players who are kind of ticked off with yourself, but you're committed to let God meddle in your heart. It's for you, brain changer, as you aim to live your very best thought life. So let's dive in and write out of the gate, let's listen to this beautiful song. Psalm 14, the NIV version. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed detestable acts. There is no one who does good. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of mankind to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. 
Together they are corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all the workers of injustice not know? Who devour my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with a righteous generation. You would put to shame the plan of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. And this is the word of the Lord. As you just heard, Psalm 14 speaks about the sinful nature of humanity and the importance of faith in God. Here are five practical applications for your faith that can be drawn out from this psalm. Well, the first application is to seek God's wisdom. Psalm 14.2 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there's any who understand, any who seek God. Would you say that your faith in God involves seeking his wisdom and guidance in all aspects of your life? Yeah, I kind of do that too. I want to do that. When you trust in God and seek his counsel, you can make better decisions and live a more fulfilling life. You know, Jim and I pray so much when we're driving in the car, and we are often reminded of just how much our prayers matter to God. First, when we pray, we thank God for all the many blessings he's bestowed upon us. And then we repent of our sins and our transgressions. Later, we ask for God to help us make those important decisions and to guide our steps every day from the mundane to those bigger decisions. And finally, we beseech our Heavenly Father to have his will in the lives of our family, every single member. We make special requests for our needs. You know, prayer helps us to stay on the same path together as we do life on the same team. That's what we always say. Hey, we're on the same team here. It also gives us an opportunity to articulate our gratitude and our great need for God's wisdom. So number one from Psalm 14, you can draw out just how important seeking God's wisdom really is. And prayer can be a wonderful vehicle for seeking God and for doing just that. Number two, trust in God's provision. Psalm 14, 6 says, you evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. And the poor can kind of be us in a way. When you have faith in God, you can trust that he will provide for you, even in difficult circumstances. Have you ever been there? Well, this can give you hope and peace in the midst of hardship. Let's look at one of my favorite women of faith who said this, quote, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength, end quote. Let me say that one again. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. In other words, if you're a worrier, you're going to be zapping your emotional strength all day long, increasing that cortisol, that stress hormone, and you're going to really feel lousy. Really here, we're talking about trusting in God's provisions because the Lord is your refuge. By the way, that quote was from Corey Ten Boom. Worry will positively zap your emotional strength and energy. It's a time waster. Being fearful about your future may even paralyze you. Try to make a conscious decision to train your brain to focus on God and his faithfulness over any kind of trial or hardship that you're currently enduring. When you trust in God's provision, it may mean you know that he is your provider, like for tangible items that you need, your clothes, your food, your shelter. But it may also mean that you know that God will protect you and provide a way out of trying situations. He provides the strength 
that you need to endure. He's your hiding place, your refuge. Well, you probably already know the story of Corrie Ten Boom. She's the Christian woman who, along with her family, helped hide Jews during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands in World War II. In 1944, Corrie and her family were arrested and sent to concentration camps for their role in rescuing Jews. Corrie's sister and father both died in the camps, and Corrie herself suffered greatly enduring starvation, illness, and mistreatment by the guards. Despite these terrible conditions, Corrie remained steadfast in her faith, and she relied on God as a refuge and strength. She would often read from a small Bible that she had managed to smuggle into the camp, and she would pray for herself and for the other prisoners. One particularly difficult moment came when Corey was taken to a barracks where she was told that she would be forced to undress in front of a group of male prisoners. She was terrified, but in that moment, she cried out to God for help. Suddenly, a guard appeared and announced that there had been a mistake and that Corey was being transferred to another barracks. She later learned that the male prisoners had been planning to assault her. Well, Corey's story is a powerful example of how God can be a refuge and source, source of strength, even in the darkest moment of your life. Despite the horrors that she faced, she never lost her faith in God and continued to trust in his protection and provision. And that can also be a picture of you. So if you're raising your hand saying, yeah, that's me, I'm in this really tough spot right now. Ask God for his guidance, for his help, for his wisdom, and for his strength. He's not going to leave you stranded and stuck. So far, the practical applications from Psalm 14, isn't this fun (laughs) that we can get this? We can extrapolate this and kind of work this out of the psalm and apply it to our lives in this 21st century. These things we've said already, seek God's wisdom and trust God's provision. And then number three, maintain a humble attitude. Psalm 14.3 says, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. You know, recognizing your own limitations and weaknesses will help you to make maintain a humble attitude and rely on God's strength and grace. So I can ask you this, are you staying humble in all your relationships? When was the last time you said you were sorry? When was the last time that you said you were wrong? Do you readily admit your faults to your loved ones? Would you like to increase your self-awareness and your God awareness? Would you like to reduce stress and anxiety? And finally, would you like to improve your mood and to regulate your emotions? Well, if that's you, I've got just the item you're going to love. And that is the Choose to Think Everyday Journal. It contains over 700 reflection questions to serve as journaling prompts, and it's only $4.99. You heard me right. $4.99, that's less than a cup of coffee. It's a companion journal for the year-long Devo, but for you journaling lovers, it can also serve as a standalone. Further, the Devo Journal Combo would make a great gift for you or for that special loved one in your life. But what's the big deal about journaling? Well, scientifically, journaling can increase your self-awareness and your God awareness. Putting ink to the page allows you to reflect on your thoughts and emotions, and it helps you gain a deeper understanding of yourself. 
This will give you greater clarity and purpose, which can lead to increased happiness and fulfillment in your life. Journaling also reduces stress and anxiety. Just by writing down your worries and concerns in a journal, you can release those negative emotions and reduce all that ickiness that's going on in your heart and mind. Gain clarity of thought that way. You're going to feel more relaxed and at peace. And you know all that about mood and emotional regulation? Well, journaling helps you cultivate positive emotions and a sense of gratitude and praise to God, which will lead you to improved mood and better emotional regulation. This will help you stay positive and resilient during difficult times and lead to greater overall happiness in your life. So get your hands on a copy of that journal or go ahead and get the Devo Journal Combo today. You know, I didn't know this about C.S. Lewis, the renowned British author and theologian, but apparently he was known for being really humble. Think about his brilliant mind and his ability to articulate complex issues in clear and compelling ways. But despite those many accomplishments, Lewis remained humble and recognized that his abilities came from the Lord. In his writing, Lewis often emphasized the importance of humility, and he acknowledged that true wisdom and strength come only from God. He wrote, quote, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Think about that. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, you know, that self-degradation and putting yourself down. No, that's not what humility is. Humility is simply thinking of yourself less. His example serves as an inspiration for you and for me to remain humble and to recognize the strength and wisdom that come from God. And let me tell you a quick digression for a pickleball story. This weekend, we played at the World Pickleball Tour in Louisville. And Jim and I started playing mixed doubles so well, and we have this little thing where we put our paddles up and we just give a real quick peck on the lips, just a real, you know, quick kiss, like, hey, we're in this together, let's do this, and we got this, and we were just happy as clams, and then I thought, because I've been working so much on my attitude and my mindset and ditching, I should say, the pride that is in my heart. I had this thought toward, Lord, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bow my knee before we play a game. And I'm going to bow my knee after the game to keep me so focused on you during play. Now, this may sound silly to you, but let me tell you, character refinement is painful. And I've just been so ugly on the court before and just kind of like varding my teeth if I could do that. And like, oh, clenching my jaw and just so, I get so upset and in my own head and so down on myself sometimes because of my competitive strain that I have going that I'm really working on. I Trust me, I'm working on it. It's no wonder I talk about pickleball all the time because it's the desire of my heart to do so much better in that area. I started doing that and it was all great. And we won our first three three games and then we started losing. And then he was making a, a he critiqued something that I did and I totally imploded. I mean, it was the stupidest thing. It's like that one thing that he was telling me, I kept hitting balls that were, they were flying out. And in pickleball, you don't want to miss an opportunity to get the serve back or to gain a point, right? Because you're trying to get to 11 and these balls were flying out. I just jumped up, reached up there with my paddle, boom, knocked them back into play when really that would have been a, you know, side out or a point for us. And I did it like two or three times in one game, which normally I don't, I don't do. And he said something about that. He's like, why do you keep hitting the balls that are going out? And I'm like, oh, you know, that just did me in that little criticism, that question. It wasn't being mean or anything. It was just like, Victoria, get your position on the court here. Make sure you know where you're standing. Try to let those fly out if you can. 
That's all he was really saying. But from then on, I'm like, oh, I didn't want to do our little tradition we were trying to start. I stopped wanting to bend my knee. I mean, oh my gosh, I just, I have so much to learn. So staying humble and being, you know, in this position of humility for me can be really, really hard. I hate to confess that, but, and you know what, it's what C.S. Lewis is saying. Humility is not thinking less of myself, but it's thinking of myself less. Well, I'm all about thinking of myself when I'm playing pickleball and I got to get over it. So anyway, just, you know, this is, I'm trying to make this real here. And these are the struggles that I have, but Let's go to application number four, and that's to practice righteousness. Psalm 14, five says, but they are overwhelmed with dread for God is present in the company of the righteous. In other words, God is with the righteous, right? So your faith in God involves living a life of righteousness, seeking to do what is right and just in all circumstances. So here are a few kind of questions to vet out this principle for you. Do you make an effort to live a morally upright and just life in all aspects? Do you make decisions and take actions that align with the biblical principles and values such as honesty, integrity, kindness, fairness, and compassion? Another question, are you self-disciplined, self-reflective, and willing to put the needs of others before your your own? And do you recognize your own flaws and weaknesses and strive to improve yourself? And let me just say that playing pickleball is going to bring out the worst in anybody. Sometimes I feel like my flaws and weaknesses are constantly on display and it's ugly. The good news is that though I fall and sometimes my attempts to be righteous and God honoring and humble on the court are quite sorry and feeble, I do strive to improve myself and it's quite painful and making efforts to help those. Well, ultimately practicing righteousness as a, on a daily basis is about cultivating a virtuous and moral character that guides your thoughts, your words, your actions toward the greater good, both for yourself and for others. Talk about living your best thought life, right? Charles Spurgeon said that Psalm 14 is a call to recognize your own sinfulness and to turn to God for salvation. The only hope for humanity is to trust in the grace and mercy of God, who alone can rescue you from the consequences of your sin. So there is hope, right? Here is what Psalm 14 calls you to do. Seek God's wisdom. Trust in his provision. Number three, maintain a humble attitude. Number four, practice righteousness every day and in all kinds of different occasions. And number five, the last application is to find joy in God's presence. Okay, we're all for that one, right? Yeah, I want to find joy in God's presence. Psalm 14, 7 says, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Thank goodness for this little cherry on top, right? When you have faith in God and experience his presence, you too can find joy and gladness in him. When's the last time you did, though? Could you honestly answer that? When is the last time that you found joy in God's presence? This can sustain you even in difficult times and give you a sense of purpose and meaning in life. Now, let me tell you a few ways you can find joy and gladness in God's presence is through prayer. We already talked about that and meditation on his word, reading your Bible, going to church, serving others and cultivating gratitude and praise toward God. So to close, when you apply the principles of Psalm 14 to your daily life, and you may feel a range of emotions when you do, 
At first, you may feel convicted of your own sinfulness and shortcomings, kind of like I explained with pickleball, as the psalm describes the universal reality of human sin. However, as you continue to reflect on the psalm, you're also going to feel a sense of hope and encouragement as it points you to the salvation and provision of God. By turning to God in faith and seeking his wisdom and guidance, you can find a sense of purpose and meaning in your life, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And don't forget the joy you'll find as you seek God and enjoy his very presence. Well, I hope you enjoyed the unpacking of Psalm 14 for you, a 21st century Christian doing the very best you can to shine the light toward Christ in your journey. Take a moment to let me know if you do enjoy what you hear on the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. Have you tuned in to any one of the live episodes that are broadcast to Facebook and put up on YouTube? I've taken a 21-day go-live challenge to produce many bite-sized bonus episodes to give you a shot in the arm of inspiration to help you choose to think in all areas of your life. So I'm going to do 21 lives I, I go live, but then I snag that video and I grab the audio off of that. I scrape those off and I create kind of double dipping. And so I'll throw those up to a podcast episode and then put them on YouTube. So I'm just challenging myself a little bit. I'm not doing 21 days live like in a row. I'm just going to do 21 live appearances on social media. And hopefully you'll get to know me. If you don't know me, you'll get to know me a little bit more and you'll be able to kind of like me, I hope, and trust me. And that'll build our relationship as I have so many things and offers out there that you might want to allow me to come alongside you and guide you in your life. So go to choose to think.co if you want information or to stay in touch. I have a newsletter I send out about every 10 days or so, and I would love to stay in touch with you. So give me some feedback on what you like and what you're enjoying on the podcast, write a review. It would be, mean the world to us. So God bless you. And thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that you're encouraged. Maybe you took a, took a few notes and you're like, yeah, I want to now do these things in my life too. So God bless and that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.